0: The Rudy Giuliani Show. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani, and this is uh, the Rudy Giuliani Show on a very, very, uh, so, for me, and I think for all of us, a very solemn and important day, uh, a day uh, in which we, ha- we have to, and we have to require ourselves to remember what happened to us. Uh, I think we, all, we, we, we say about it like we do about the Holocaust, ne- never forget, so that it doesn't happen again. I mean, the idea of never forget is not just that we'll remember, but that we'll remember so that we remain vigilant and not let that kind of an attack, which was uh, the largest uh, uh, loss of civilian life um, that we had in an attack like that, even more than Pearl Harbor, uh, happen again. And um, for me, this was a very difficult anniversary. They all are. This one was probably one of the worst. One of the worst because uh, I, I, I mostly have been able to say in the years afterwards that we were getting safer or more vigilant and we were developing uh, anti-terrorism networks uh, both on the federal level and on the state level uh, I just have to say it straight out uh, where we are we are now uh, receded to some point before September 11, 2001, with regard to our safety uh and the situation uh, uh where we're dealing with terrorism. Uh, that has to be the case. I mean, you, you just merely need to know that our borders have been open now for about three years, wide open, and you have to understand just the slightest bit about uh, Islamic extremist terrorism though know they're taking advantage of that. They would be stupid not to. If you ran a terrorist organization or a drug-dealing organization or a child-trafficking organization, uh, President Biden has invited you into the United States. President Biden has invited you into the United States by leaving our border defenseless. It made it difficult for me, and I think for Bernie Kerik, uh to stand at a ceremony today with Harris and Mayorkas who are two of the people, along with Biden, most responsible for allowing this invasion of America. And it is an invasion. When people come into your country and you don't know who they are, I mean, you may be lucky and they turn out to be really nice people, but we don't defend our country against people who came here to slaughter us already by being friendly, open, and nice. In fact, we don't deal with our homes by leaving the door open, do we? Even though, uh, we may live in a very nice neighborhood. Uh, well, we, our, our borders are wide open. And they are, uh, 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 not just an invitation, much more than an invitation. Invitation on a golden platter to anyone that wants to take advantage of us. To, certainly to terrorists, who at least uh, should have to incur some difficulties to get into this country, uh, certainly to drug dealers. I mean, we're getting Americans killed uh, by record numbers now uh, to drugs. I mean, China, uh, If w- w- you, you might call it a cold war with China. Uh, from their point of view, this is a pretty hot war. I mean, they're killing us. The Chinese are killing Americans with fentanyl. They're doing it without firing a shot, and they're doing it without incurring any expense. I mean, uh, the war in Ukraine is costing Russia a lot of money. The w- war in Ukraine is costing the United States a lot of money. <laughs> the war against the United States by China, killing um, oh, I guess seventy-five million of fentanyl or last uh, seventy-five thousand of fentanyl last year, uh, was not only not costing them any money; they made money on it. They became very rich off fentanyl. Uh, that's not to mention uh, what they did to us with COVID which has not even been explored. You can't even raise it uh, with the Biden administration. Um, Am I going too far if I say that at least in my uh, humble opinion, it is a result of the bribes that he was paid? Uh, Am I supposed to ignore the fact that he uh, has made decisions that are uh, totally against the interests of the United States and completely in the interest of China and he's also received his family, and he has received uh, in excess of $30 million uh, from the Chinese communists? I mean, am I supposed to ignore that? Do uh, 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 you want me to pretend I'm stupid? And uh, and then stand there at a ceremony in which uh, they uh, dishonor the memories of the people who died that day? Mayorkas and Harris uh, dishonor their memory by allowing uh, p- uh, people to come over the border who I don't know may have killed some of the relatives of some of the people that died that year. Maybe with maybe with, with uh, some kid who thought he was having marijuana and instead uh, there was fentanyl in it. You know now our drug overdoses. Usually when you heard drug overdose, you thought of a very very uh, serious drug addict, uh, a degenerate dr- drug addict. You know uh, the kind of a, a Hunter Biden type. Uh, but now you could be talking about some kid that's, you know, onto his, uh, you know, for the fifth time with marijuana. He just happens to be unlucky and somebody slipped a little fentanyl into that marijuana. That has happened. We try to cover all of them, but they don't make too big a deal of that because it hurts Biden. So this is a different September 11. Uh, I will be accused of making it political. You're damn right I'm making it political. It is political. Of course, it's political. It happened politically. It happened in large measure because uh, we appeased bin Laden. It happened because bin Laden took out an American vessel of war. And we treated, a, you know, we we went and bombed a couple of, a couple of empty uh, uh, fields. Uh, we had a chance to kill him and Clinton couldn't pull the trigger. Just like Biden didn't want to pull the trigger on bin Laden and doesn't seem to want to pull the trigger on Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. They pick that up. They smell it. Hitler's smell it. Putin's smell it. There wouldn't have been an invasion of Ukraine if we had had a president. All day today, the Red Apple Audio Network joins the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for a special day of tribute, remembering 9-11 22 years later. We'll never forget America's heroes. Please listen all day for a special programming. And thank you to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. For helping 9-11 victims and their families. You know, they are really exceptional, exceptional people who have done, um, wonderful things and taken the, the loss of their brother on that day, Stephen, who, who ran to the tower to save others, died in the process of doing that. But they've turned it into uh, something enormously positive in the lives of thousands. And thousands of people and in the lives of Americans, because those are the people who keep us safe. You know, if we lived in a beautiful world and a perfect world, uh, you could keep the borders open and you keep the door of your house open. But as, uh, you know, as James Madison said, uh, uh, kind of an understated statement, if men were angels, uh, we wouldn't need government. If men were angels, we wouldn't need police. If men were angels, we wouldn't need borders. Men aren't angels. Uh, uh, some are less than angels and some are devils and some are pure evil and we live in a world where because of our success as a nation and even because of our uh, moral and religious uh, standing uh, or what used to be uh, we're hated so uh, responsible adults uh, protect their country uh, we're not governed today by responsible adults. Our country is not being protected. That is not not even uh that, that I mean that's that's even an understatement. And when you look at the situation in American cities governed by so called progressive communist mayors, communist selected DAs, what do what do you think Soros is? Uh and when you look at again a wide-open border with more human trafficking and child trafficking than ever before in history, more drug deaths in America than ever before in history. I mean, how many records does Biden want to set for for destructive, horrible things before he destroys the whole country? And how much longer are we going to let this uh, blithering uh, um, idiot who can't put two sentences together how much longer are we going to be so done unpatriotic as to be afraid to mention that he should be thrown out of office because he doesn't have the mental capacity to uh, run a country, even in good times? I don't know if you heard him today and yesterday, but I, I, you can't imagine what people around the world think of us. I talk to uh, people in other countries. Uh, they're baffled by how we keep a, pr- a president like this. And, uh, you, you would never know, by the way, how popular, uh, Trump was in Europe when he was president. They would say, gee, we wish we had someone that cared about our country the way he cares about yours. Because, you know, to them, America first, uh, we may have uh, American, uh, Democrats and, and, and communists who, who despise America first, but people in foreign countries, when they hear that, they, they kind of like it for their country. <laughs> you know, it's like, gee, we wouldn't mind France first or we wouldn't mind uh, uh, Italy first. or I think they have that in Italy now. So uh, we'll be back right after this message, and we will have a guest, uh, and then we're going to have uh, soon after that, Tom Von Essen, who was the fire commissioner of New York City on the worst day in the history of the fire department. The
1: former
0: mayor of New York Rudy, rudy
2: giuliani. on the red apple podcast network
0: oh this is rudy giuliani we're back again and i i have with me on the phone rachel you could tell. rachel uh is um Ra- rachel has been many things she now is uh the hostess of a very very popular podcast misunderstood which i had the honor of being on uh, oh gosh about a month ago two months ago um uh, but um it's, it's one of the m- more successful po- podcasts. She's also been a TV producer, a TV hostess, uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, and back in uh, 2001, when she was beginning her career, she was working at Bloomberg uh, uh, News. And um, I'm going to have her tell her story. She became uh, very, very famous because there was a picture snapped of her, and it went viral, of her holding the picture of her fiancé who died on September 11. And we spend a lot of time on the police and the fire and everyone else who d- died that day, but even more civilians died for no reason, and this becomes a lifetime of pain for others. And I want Rachel to explain what 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 it was like. Rachel?
1: Hey there, Rudy. How are you? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: I, I know I'm, I'm... It's an honor to have you. And you have a tremendous podcast, but in any event, I want you to go back to a very bad you know bad time in your life and tell us what what happened that day
1: um well uh you know where do i start but long story short, I had just um come back from a, for a long trip with Andy from Greece, and i was working uh it was my second day back actually and i i was i had to be at work at five a m so I got into work, and Andy worked on the 104th floor of um, Tower 2, and he got in around 645, and he called he worked me that for Sandler, morning.
0: With, he worked for Sandler O'Neill. He, he, he worked for a fin- finance company, Sandler O'Neill, yeah. and you worked for Bloomberg, right?
1: That That's right, yeah. yeah. And uh, we spoke in the morning, and, you know, when that first plane hit, I'm sure you remember everybody thought it was like a commuter plane or a private pilot or something. um, And we were covering it for news. So we had a, we we were on basically a trading room floor. You know, we had television uh, cameras everywhere and I started covering the story for news. I was calling analysts. I was calling, um, you know, everyone to just see how this was going to affect the the open of the market. And um, I had Andy on the phone. He was, um, you know, kind of our go-to about what he was seeing out of the window. Um, and he was, you know, pretty shaken up and out of breath um, about what he was seeing. And that was terrifying. And, um, you know, of course, what ensued is that his tower was the first one to um, to fall, but the second one to get hit. And um, that was obviously devastating for me. I was a 26 year old girl. And the fo- the photo that you're referring to, um, it was taken by the Associated Press. I had heard that Andy's name was on. Um, a list, and he may be at Bellevue hospital. So I went over there. I stood in line with everyone that also was hoping for good news. And was it that one day? By one, he,
0: w- was it that yeah, day? Uh, no,
1: it was, it was Thursday. So it was two days later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very odd that everyone decided to sort of go to Kinko's and make these flyers of their missing loved ones. It's just what we all did. Right. And that yeah. was the only way to get people to know who was missing and sort of maybe take, you know, uh, some sort of, Like, it was the only way that people could figure out who was missing and how you might be able to locate them. And I remember, um, you know, getting out of that line after someone saying, no, he's not on this list. And I was all by myself. And just to hear them, you know, say, Rachel, Rachel, come tell us your story. Who is Andy? And very bravely, I remember I just stood there and I said the story. And I I said that he went to work that morning. And, um, you know, as soon as the cameras kind of went off, I really – sort of lost it and I said you've got to help me find him he's my whole life and that sort of tearing face that I have in the in the I, photo I, I'm looking at it right now yeah help. yeah and remember and remember it was the worst moment of my life but I'm so honored that that photo did run and in, in as many papers as it did because it gave Andy, a voice that gave his name credibility, and we were a couple that people followed for, you know, up until now, people want to know how I've turned out, and, of course, it's a way to remember his name and get people to know his story, so I'm very thankful for that.
0: Yeah, and and in another way, it's a way to show the the, the, the tremendous damage they did to us across a whole spectrum. You know, you think of Pearl Harbor, and that was an attack on a military facility, although there were civilians uh, there. But this was a, uh, an attack purely on civilians, just yeah. com- completely inno- innocent people who had no involvement in any of the things that these insane people were were uh, were angry about. And this right. t-
1: innocent people who had just gone to work that morning or were at Windows of the World having <laughs> breakfast or, um, you know, it just was the wrong place at the wrong time. And it was that's what made it so devastating, because it, we just had no idea that this you know, we had no creativity to think this was what they could come up with to attack us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the fact that the building fell was what was so just um, devastating, because even when uh, Andy's building got hit to, second, I assumed he would. I saw, you know, I knew he was above um, where the plane hit. So I thought that he would just stay put, that he could go to the roof, which is what he did. Um, when he was in the first bombing in 1993, he was told to stay put. They went and played poker for the rest of the day, and they went upstairs. So I was i had no fear. I mean, of course, everyone was shaken up, but I was still working, and I was still hoping that there was going to be a way out. I never yeah, thought yeah. the devastation that could follow.
0: Well, God bless you, and God bless you for remembering him and uh, for for sharing that with us. And we'll be talking again, Rachel. You've you've uh, had a wonderful career since then, and there's a lot more to come. God bless thank you. Thank
1: Rudy. And I and and you have just been such a hero for everyone.
0: Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back in a minute. Rudy. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show, and thank you very much for joining us on this very special day, September, September eleven. The anniversary of September eleven. And I have on uh, with me now uh a real, real exceptional man. Tom Von Essen was the fire commissioner of um, New York City for some time before September 11. He had been a firefighter. He had been head of the Firefighters Union, and he was commissioner for three or four years when September 11 happened. Uh, and he lost not only uh, a large percentage of his fire department but probably his 8 or 10 best friends in the world all in a minute it seemed and then he had to carry on and deal with the biggest disaster in our history Uh, Tom is a very humble man as you'll find out and will probably uh, try to minimize all all the unbelievable things that he did but I can tell you the city would not have gotten through September 11 without Tom Von Essen and the fire department would have had an awful time uh tom how are you
2: good boss how are you
0: okay so
2: tom i think
0: people for some reason they like to know they like to start with where were you when you first found out i mean you were the fire commissioner uh of the city you had, you'd gone through i remember earlier that year we had lost three firefighters you and i right and I think you said to me, or I said to you, we both said, because course, we coming near the end of our administration. Well, this this has to be the worst day we're going to have, right? Remember?
2: Yep, yep, yep. Father's Day,
0: yeah. It was Father's Day, right? Who and, would
2: have, right? Who would have dreamed?
0: So, tell us, t- tell, tell us how it how where you were and how it happened, and how did you yeah, first found out? Find I'm out.
2: I'm on the East River Drive. I was on the way to the office, and I got a call—a small plane. Hit the North Tower, came around the East River Drive around Fourteenth Street, and I could see some smoke. And so I got there really quick. It was probably five minutes after the uh, impact. And as I walked through the windows that were blown out, you know they had those tall, skinny uh, windows. Right. I saw this um, right about twenty feet away from me. Something hit the ground. It sounded like a a car from the sky, and it was a it was a person. Yeah. And so I got in the lobby, and the bosses said right away. The chief said right away that uh, was not a small plane. It was a commercial jet. We can't put this fire out. Um, we're going to just get as many people out as we can. And then we we're there, you know, 10 minutes or so, and we felt the vibration. And and that was the second plane hitting, not the, not an explosion in the elevators, which we figured it was from the fuel. And that's when, uh, you know, we all realized, like, wow, well, we're being attacked, you know, up to that point you could you could fathom a remote possibility of a commercial jet hitting the twin towers but it was a beautiful day as you well remember right so you know that it couldn't happen with two commercial jets so that's when we knew um we were in something that was way past the ability of of a fire department to um mitigate
0: and and you, 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 did you stay there uh, uh Pete Pete yeah, Gan- yeah. Pete, Pete Gansy was running the the uh was really in ch- in charge i guess right and he was outdoors because i went to see him facing the two the two buildings
2: well yeah that you know the way our guys work is they get wherever the fire is they run right into it and Right. they set up a command post in it so there's a and naturally there's a command post in the north lobby which which was where the first uh, attack was and then Pete got there, and he set up a, a command post wisely out on uh, West Street, where it was safe. Right,
0: that's that's where where I saw him.
2: Yes, it was safe at least for, uh, for a while, anyway. And that's where you saw him. And he told you we can't, you know, we can't save anybody above the fire. I remember you telling yeah, me that. Yeah, oh
0: yeah, uh, he, uh, it was it was for me uh, chilling because I could see the people uh, mm. up on the roof. And it was a, it was a sort of euphemistic way of saying that they're going to they're going to die. Yeah. You know, they're not going to those people up there that you're looking at aren't going to I mean, there's no. And, and it was once he said it, I almost felt foolish asking because you could see that you couldn't get above the fire. I mean, anybody going through the fire would get killed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of damage inside the building. So um, I was I had a couple of my guys with me said so telling me, boss, the mayor's uh, people want to know where you are, where are you are. So I saw her, you know, I was annoyed because I hated to leave there, but I wanted, <laughs> was I wanted to get to you. You always wanted your top people to give you information that was as accurate as possible, so I knew I had to get to you, so we left the North Tower, and then uh, the, the um, you know, after the, all the explosion and everything, uh, we started walking up, I guess it was church or West Broadway or whatever, and we ran into you. You came, you were coming out of the Basement that um you guys yeah. had jumped into because you thought those buildings were going to collapse, and and then you always thought I was with you. And I
0: did, done. I did. I mean, it took about but three. Turned f-
2: around, I was in your group. You know, yeah.
0: In fact, in some of the early documentaries, I uh, I say, well, Tom Van Essen was with me as we got out, uh, and for some reason, until you corrected that, I had it in my head that you were that you were with me, trapped in the building.
2: Yeah, because right when we were out in the street. uh it was just very uh, crazy, a coincidence that we just kind of walked through each other.
0: And when you said it to me, I remembered it then. But, but it took you it took you telling
2: me. That's why you thought that. Uh, and then we were trying to – remember we went into that hotel that had the I glass just, ceiling? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just reviewed <laughs> that with John Huvain. I had John Huvain on earlier, and I said, you and I and Carrick and, and Huvain, a couple other people, uh, it, it was a hotel. And it sounded yeah. perfect, like a perfect place for us to use. Yeah. And in fact, uh, uh, Carrick said they actually, some cops actually got there already and they were throwing people out. And we, we walked in and we literally, it was all glass. And we walk right – I don't even think we said anything to each other. We just walk right through, look like a bunch of jackasses, and we walked out. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> like, and then we, like, the firehouse, we couldn't get in because the guys had locked it up. We forced the door. we that's well, it. No
0: broke, broke it open. He finally confessed today.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> they're, they're probably
0: going to prosecute him. Oh, so uh then And then, and know, and I, you know, the, gov- the governor never told me this until much later either. When I When I called the governor – he said, oh, I'm glad it's you, Rudy. We thought we had lost you. Yeah. And, and then he sort of played it down a little. A couple of years ago, he and Rudy Washington told me they were about ready to sign orders to take over the city because they thought that my group was crushed in that building.
2: You know, it's too bad nobody signed orders to take it over from De Blasio. The <laughs> city would be in a lot better shape today if somebody signed an order to do that. You know, well one
0: of the one of the reasons we were able to get through September 11 is having this man around because you can see he's got a great sense of humor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was to me, it was either laugh or cry. So I, I, know of- I know sure. that. I know that time. To make a lot of big jokes, you know, Tom.
0: One of the things I'm I'm going to ask you. People ask me sometimes. I know the answer, but uh, we lost a disproportionate number of officers in the in in it, and there's a reason for that. That we lost so many of our high high ranking firefighters. well I mean? Why was that?
2: Well, you know, the crazy thing about that day is, you know, how our guys were. Well, that's the point, at, right? At o'clock in the morning, we change shifts. Right. So you you get an event at eight thirty in the morning. You have people there for the night tour and the day tour. So in a great company, you have two bosses now that no, they're not going home. This is there's a plane hit the World Trade Center, so now everybody gets on a truck. We we lost a hundred guys there that morning, boss. I don't know if you ever heard the number. They weren't even working, and they were off duty. And then there was another 90 guys from our special operations. And when you said to me later on that morning, how many people do you think we lost? And I said, I have no idea, but I know I know it's going to be way more than 200, <laughs> because I know how fast these guys and what shape they're in, and how how fast they're going to get up these stairs uh, to try to help people. And once you get up there, it was just too slow to get everybody out, you know. So that's why we lost so many people because we had so many leaders there. And we had people without masks because we had four or five masks on a truck. And then we wound up with ten guys, you know, boat tours, showing up, running into the building. So it was just, um, you know, you couldn't have planned it better from an enemy's perspective. Yep. Especially the second plane hitting it at a lower floor at an angle. That's why it came down first. As dumb as these uh, people are, these cave-dwelling bastards that I, I still can't stand them, if they sit around long enough, they can come up with a good idea by some smart guys, I guess, with money.
0: Now, what and, about what about the idea? Tough. You, what about the idea? I mean, I've heard you already uh, talk about uh, uh, no no death penalty for Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and some of them. But what about the fact that we're kind of letting them in the country now? I mean, we don't even try to stop them from coming in. People just come over the border. Now, if, if you are one of these Islamic terrorist groups. Isn't this like just a, an invitation? Uh, boy, come on in. No problem.
2: It's as I listened to a lady from counterterrorism speak uh, yesterday at a, a symposium I was on, and she was great. And she talked about how the threat she doesn't think is as bad as it was then because they've done such a good job because of September 11th and because of recommendations by the commission to – to you know interact more with countries all around the world to share intelligence and watching certain uh you know people and everything, but then when I got around the side she she admitted because I was talking about malfeas and politicians that have allowed this kind of stuff to go on. she admitted that there's just so many people coming in. do they think they're you know al qaeda or al qaeda leaders and stuff no, but do they know for sure no they don't they don't know who's in this country today. I mean,
0: all, all the systems that they put in place, which actually for a while probably did make us safer, requires that you use them. The only Absolutely. way you use them is by checking people at the border. So yeah. so suppose we develop great intelligence. It's only useful if somebody at the border has it and it's actionable intelligence. But if people can walk over the border and nobody knows who the hell they are, it's
2: useless. And uh, she had it. A- Interesting statistics said like half of the people that are um uh, the terrorists are people who have stayed just on ex- visas that have expired, that we don't chase them down anymore. We can't keep up with it. There's thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of them that are here on expired visas now, are they all bad people? Of course not, but do we know how many? No, we don't, and that's just the shame of it you You would think that. It, in, in 2023, we would have a good idea of who's in our country, and we really yeah,
0: don't. We, we we were making progress. I remember, you know, years ago when we would go to September 11 events, whether it was uh, Bush or even the beginning of Obama, Trump, whatever. Uh, there were always some improvements that have been made in uh, tracking them down and intelligence, and a lot of incidents that were stopped. But at, at the, the the whole thing is useless if you don't. If you don't stop them and check, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't work unless you stop them and you check and you find out. Right. Oh well, well, Tom, uh, you've done great work. Also, after that, with the with 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 Puerto Rico, you went back, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think my time with FEMA, boss, um, was really. Uh, a great way to end, probably end my public service career anyway. Uh, Puerto Rico and Virgin Islands was rough with the uh, remnants of the hurricane. But then COVID, I did, you know, as, as yes. bad as Blasio was as a mayor, I have to give him a little credit for up working with him and COVID. I guess it's because I was from the federal government and all I was doing was giving him stuff. That what are we talking about? De Blasio. Oh, yeah. He was, okay. He was pretty good with the COVID well, good. Uh, yeah, he, he did a good job, and OEM was terrific, and uh, it was a really tough time at the city. What we went through with September 11th, you know, it was a horrible day, and then we tried to make it better every day for, for weeks and months, right? But yep. uh, COVID, it just got worse every day. Uh, more and more people were dying every day, and it was really difficult for all those poor doctors and nurses in the emergency room and EMS EMS did a phenomenal job of really doing the best they could getting all these well, folks to uh, emergency care and the hospitals were overcrowded and oh, it was just, and the loved ones couldn't visit. So COVID was really a rough one. I hope we don't go through that again.
0: And I, I hope we learned something from it, from what we did yeah. the first time. Well, Tom, uh, it's, I love you. And the city is in your debt. The country is in your debt. And, God bless you.
2: Thank you, boss. I feel the same way about you. You yeah. know that.
0: City could not have gotten through this without Thomas Von Essen. I am telling you this. Uh, just take it from me. I don't know of any anyone that had to go through as much as he had to go through in terms of personal loss. Uh, these were, um, uh, you know, not everyone obviously, but the police the fire department is very close, even closer in many ways than the police department, uh, their family. You know, they lived together in the firehouse and they're really terrific, unbelievable people. And, um, uh, you can't, um, can't say enough about wh- how he held it together when they went going through a catastrophe. All day today, the Red Apple Audio Network joins the Tunnel of to the Towers Foundation for a special day of tribute, remembering 9 11. 22 years later, we will never forget America's heroes. Please listen all day for special programming and thank you to the Tunnel to Towers uh, Foundation for helping 9-11 victims and their families. I'll be right back with the mayor's final thoughts. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back with you. and I want to thank you very, very much for for tuning in uh, today. Uh, This is the mayor's final thoughts uh, sponsored by... Tunnel to Towers, the organization that um, is synonymous with September 11. It it was built out of the horror of September 11, the death of of uh, uh, Stephen, Uh, and I. I, You know, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to really tell you how important Tunnel to Towers is, because uh, um, when something horrible like September 11 happens. Um, and you lose a great uh firefighters like Stephen who ran to the fire when he was off that day as the, as the commissioner pointed out, many firefighters did that he he was one of them uh little children at home day off finds out that there's a terrible fire his 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 um brother firefighters are in trouble. he runs to the fire, gets his equipment, runs to the fire. Uh, didn't have to go on duty until four that afternoon, runs into the fire, runs into hell, really. I mean, I I, I often, you know, think when I first saw it, when I got close, what it looked like. And you know, I got close, but I didn't run into the fire. And what it must have been like to run into that fire, save people's lives and gave up his own. And his family was devastated. And then they built Tunnel to Towers in his honor in order to help the the, the the families of the firefighters and the police officers, and when they had done that, they 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 wanted to continue to help, and who who did they pick? They picked the 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 men and women in the military who were carrying on the the, the war that started on our shores in September 11, the war that took their brother's life. So, and then I think I might have told you the story earlier of how it developed into. Into taking taking care of the mortgages for those uniform members uh, who uh, who die in the line of duty. Uh, so now, they're a big big organization. They started with something terrible. They started with terrible tragedy, and they've turned it into something beautiful and wonderful and good. So they build homes for those uh, u- uniform members who are catastrophically injured and have difficulty in being able to get around and doing the normal things that you and I take for granted. And they pay off mortgages for the families of uh, of, of uh, our warriors and our civilian and military uh, uh protectors who die who who die in the line of duty. And um Frank Siller is there and the other members of the Siller family representing their brother and taking the terrible tragedy that would have crushed and it would have been understood if it did Uh most other families and has turned it into something glorious and wonderful and beautiful and a great demonstration of, of Christian love. You know, a man has no greater love than to lay down his life for his friend. Well, that's what Stephen did. That's what all those firefighters and police officers did. And when you hear people uh, criticizing them and, uh, saying all kinds of calumnies about them in some generalized way. Uh, the 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 firefighter and the police officer and the soldier. Uh, those are the ones that ran into the tower. Most of them are that way. I I ran the largest uh, fire department and police department in the country, and I'm telling you, they're the rule. You know, the exception. Is a very rare exception. So please, please support them, love them, thank them, and donate $11 to Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org, T the number 2T.org. Boy, today is the day to do it, and do it now. God bless you. God bless America.
2: We'll be back tomorrow.